Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in, third and final hour of the program on Wednesday morning, December 20th, the day before the solstice, and uh, we are going to be soon, the days will be getting longer, right? So you've got that to look forward to, although it seems like we are... It, it's not as dark as early as as, uh, as I felt that it was, but it's still dark early. I'm adjusting better than I thought that I would or than I have in the past. I can make it to maybe 5.30 now before it feels like it's 10 p.m. as opposed to 4.30. So progress, right? Uh, hopefully you are not uh, dealing with that. Hopefully you are happy and joyous and ready for Christmas and New Year's and everything that comes with celebrating all of that and anything else you're going to celebrate in between. I know a lot of you out there have birthdays around this time of year. I have a birthday close to Christmas, but not a Christmas birthday. I'm, I'm January 4th. And people always say, oh, that must have been crazy growing up. Like people try to give you birthday gifts mixed in with your Christmas gifts. No, no, that never happened. My birthday was always separate. But again, it's, you know, week and a half after Christmas, so it's not like it has to be tied into it. But I always felt that it was its own separate day, and I really don't care either. Like, my birthday's never really been a big deal to me. I still remember some of the the best gifts I ever got. I remember when I was 18, my parents got me a beeper. I wanted a beeper. They got me my first beeper. I remember when I was 30, my son had to go into the hospital. He got sick and had to be admitted to Toby Hospital overnight. We slept in the, in the hospital bed with him. I remember when I was 10. It was 10 or 11. I don't remember exactly which year it was, but I had wanted a bike and I had wanted this like pullover fleece kind of zip up hoodie thing that every not even a hoodie but like a collared like sweatshirt thing that was like the happening thing everybody was wearing and I woke up on the morning of my birthday to get ready for school and my parents were like 
you might want to wear your birthday gift to school. They gave me the present. I opened it up and there was this one. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And, you know, not even thinking about the, the bike because I thought that that was way too big of an ask. And then my mom's like, well, make sure you go take a shower. Hurry up, go take a shower before school. And I went upstairs to turn on the shower and I pulled back the curtain and there was a brand new BMX bike in the shower. And <laughs> lucky for me, I opened the shower instead of just reaching in and turning on the water. So it was, uh, it was a great surprise and a great bike. I had that bike for a long time. I was still riding that bike around when I was in high school until I graduated then to a 10-speed. But, yeah, anyway, sorry, just got off on a tangent, went down, a, went down memory lane. We're going to do that a lot here during the holidays is go down memory lane. And speaking of memory lane, you may remember that about a year ago we were talking about how there was a development plan in place for State Pier in New Bedford. Well, that plan is no longer in effect for a variety of different reasons. Uh, including the fact that the local legislative delegation felt like the process wasn't um, transparent enough. They felt like they weren't involved in the process enough. But anyway, the bottom line is the process is starting anew. And requests for proposals are now being accepted for the development of New Bedford State Pier. The renewed request for proposals went out on December 18th. So now anybody that wants to submit has until 5 p.m. on February 28th. And then sometime in March or April, a selection will be made as to who will get this development plan. And it may be the, the same people who were involved in the plan previously. However, I think one of the one of the people involved in it for sure, one of the businesses involved in it, is going out of business. So they might not be part of it. But there's still, you know, plenty of opportunity there. We're talking about a 1,600-foot wharf, 7,600 square feet of warehouse structure, 26,000 square feet of that refrigerated, and, of course, the 6,000 square feet serving as the Sea Street Ferry Terminal Office and Passenger Services. So there are requirements, certain requirements that, that um, entities have to follow when submitting their proposal, including estimating how many jobs it will bring, not only just with construction, but uh, with uh, the businesses there and running, how many jobs that will bring in, what public space will be utilized, what, what, what areas will be open to the public, what public investment will be needed, which was part of the hang-up for the previous proposal, where they were expecting a lot of public funding to come in and and reconstruct some of the pier, which, by the way, Mass Development has been working on. But they're, they're looking for some private investment in that as well. So Mayor Mitchell will be in, I believe, with Chris later on, and they'll talk more about this and more in depth about this. And I'm sure the mayor will have some things to say about why they're not going through with the original plan that was announced about a year ago. But I remember seeing those plans come out and thinking, well, this, this seems really cool. You know, there was an open-air fish market. There was space for offshore wind. There was space for a new restaurant. 
Like, it seemed like it was going to be a good mixed use that would bring people down to that area for a variety of purposes. So that's the kind of development they're looking to have there. They're looking for it to be more than just what it is now. They're looking for it to be something that is a destination point for people coming down into the city. And if you remember our conversations with Mayor Mitchell when I was on in from 9 to noon, uh, he had talked about somewhere down the line there may be a new parking garage built along the waterfront to support the offshore wind industry businesses that part of the land of the Cannon Street Power Station when they when they took that area over and started turning that into the terminal they, that there would be the, there would be a new parking garage at some point perhaps which could help facilitate some of that downtown activity that waterfront activity I mean I I don't go down that area a lot for things but when I do go down I have no problem if I'm going to Pier 3 or State Pier, I have no problem parking in the Elm Street Garage and walking. Not everybody can. But I don't see that to be a big burden to just have to do that little bit of a walk. So I don't know who is who else is going to be submitting proposals. I don't know if they will have dozens or hundreds or a few to go through, but we know that the target date is March or April to have a decision. And then, of course, it'll take a couple of years to get everything all up and running. But you could be seeing a destination point sometime in the next few years down there as other things are happening, as the harbor cleanup is, is wrapping up, as the offshore wind industry is growing, as other businesses will come and go downtown. You're going to see a lot of vibrancy, and this this will only add to that. So what do you think about that? 508-996-0500. Or send those app chat messages on the WBSM app. I think this is, well, first of all, it's a long time coming. It's been a, a, a process. Of course, Senator Mark Montigny has been working on this for a long time. That was a, a, a pet project of his getting mass development to take over State Pier. And then I remember when they had that press conference. It was 2017 or 2018. And that that was finally going to get some of the stagnation moving forward with that. Because when you have state-owned properties, the state doesn't always feel like they need to move quickly on doing something with them. I was having a conversation with someone over the weekend about uh, some of the former mental hospitals in Massachusetts and how they just sit there and they languish. And and they do for, for really kind of a ridiculous reason in a lot of cases. I've had conversations with people that work for the Mass Department of Public Health about this. And one of the biggest reasons why those buildings just sit there and nobody's allowed to go into them and they're not allowed to do anything with them is because they just have file cabinets sitting in those hospitals with patient records sitting in them. 
that they need to get those patient records out of those buildings before anybody can come and demolish them, before anybody can come and develop them, before anybody can even go into them. And they just don't have someone go in there. They don't pay somebody to go in there and do that. So instead, these these former hospitals just sit there and languish until, you know, I don't know how it works. You know, did somebody approach Mass DPH and say, we'd like to build apartments where Danvers State Hospital is? You know, we'll pay for someone to go in and remove those records. But that's that's the big holdup for a lot of this, from what I've been told. So the state doesn't really have a great track record of moving development forward unless mass development comes in as this entity that kind of pushes that forward. And so they came in. State Pier is now being pushed forward. And now the RFP is out there. And we'll see what kind of proposals come in. And Mayor Mitchell can probably talk more about you know, what some of the other proposals might have been and see if, you know, it's all kind of a similar idea. I would guess that they're all pretty similar and that it comes down to who are the folks involved. 508-996-0500. I'll take a break now. We'll come back in just a few moments. day, I guess, if you just take off and start floating above the world. Uh, talking heads there. So, and they, by the way, they met at RISD, the Rhode Island School of Design. And speaking of Rhode Island, <clears throat> I got to tell you, if you were planning on riding that ferry today from Bristol to Providence, it's not happening. It's going to be tomorrow instead. They had a mechanical malfunction with the crane that was supposed to put a pier in for it, a, a dock rather. And so uh, instead, it will be tomorrow that that service will start. So keep that in mind. Also today, shifting gears over to Boston, today at 10 a.m., Boston Mayor Michelle Wu will be publicly acknowledging the harm caused by the city to the black community during one of the darkest periods in Boston's history, the Stewart murder case. So she is going to formally apologize to the two black men that were wrapped up in that investigation when Charles Stewart killed his wife, Carol, and blamed it on a black man, said a black man had tried to rob them and shot both Carol and himself. The first suspect was Alan Swanson, and he was 
no longer a suspect rather quickly. But he was the first suspect in the case. And then, of course, Willie Bennett became the main suspect. So not only are they apologizing to those two individuals, uh, is the mayor apologizing to those two individuals, she's also apologizing to the entire black community for the way that the Boston Police Department handled the investigation into that and the, the trauma as a result of it. And there's a great docuseries right now on Max, and it's also on HBO. So if you have HBO and you go to HBO On Demand, you'll find it. If you have the Max streaming service, which if you have HBO, it's included with your HBO, uh, you can find it on there as well. But the final episode came out this past Monday. It's a three-part series. And it focuses on who Charles Stewart was. It focuses on the way that the black community was targeted by this and the way that they were finally, they, they, under Mayor Ray Flynn, the city finally felt like they were making some progress in the racial divide that had existed you know, really since the busing of the, of the early 70s. And that they wanted to usher in a new era heading into the 1990s. And here we have, in, in I think it was October of 1989, Charles Stewart killing his wife, Carol. Eventually causing the death of their unborn child who was delivered after Carol's death. And then just didn't make it. And then Charles Stewart's suicide, jumping from the Tobin Bridge. And it's, it's a story that captivated the world when it happened. But people don't remember all the ins and outs and the details of it. And they certainly don't know the whole story of how it affected the entire city. So if you have HBO, if you have Max, the streaming service Max, I would recommend checking it out. Very well done. It was done in conjunction with the Boston Globe. So they do feature, but they do feature Herald writers in addition to Globe writers. And you will see exactly how it was reported, how it was portrayed in the media. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to that story that I, I didn't know back in those days was even part of it. I remember Charles Stewart jumped from the Tobin Bridge on my on my 12th birthday, January 4th, 1990. So you can watch that special and see more details about that. Uh, but um, it, it's 10 a.m. today that Mayor Boston Mayor Michelle Wu will be apologizing to Alan Swanson, Willie Bennett, and the black community of, New Bed of uh, Boston rather for the way that that investigation shook out. So what do you think about that? 508-996-0500. We can talk about that once we come back from the news with Ariel Dorsey. Donald Trump says a, a decision by the Colorado Supreme Court to ban him from the state's presidential ballot is completely flawed. On Tuesday, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump violated the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban when he encouraged violent demonstrations at the U.S. Capitol. The former president says he will swiftly file an appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mexico's president says his government 
government is preparing to challenge a new Texas immigration law. The bill, which was signed into law by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, allows local officers to arrest anyone who they believe enter the country illegally. Mexico's president says the new law is inhumane. The FBI says hundreds of false bomb threats made to Jewish facilities over the weekend likely came from outside the U.S. The Anti-Defamation League says over 400 Jewish facilities have received false bomb threats over email since Saturday. The FBI says the preparators appear to be connected. The Biden administration is writing standards for artificial intelligence. The Commerce Department on Tuesday said it was taking the first step toward writing standards and guidance for the safe deployment of AI and was seeking public input for conducting tests to ensure the safety of AI systems. Airports will be packed over the holidays. AAA predicts this holiday season will be the busiest ever for air travel, with Thursday and Friday likely to be the most active days for departures. The record for airline travelers was set back in 2019 when over 7 million flyers crowded the airports. AAA predicts that record will be broken this year. And Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is breaking a record on the Billboard Hot 100. Billboard says the holiday classic is the first song to hit number one for five years in a row. Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree has been pushed back into second position after hitting number one 65 years after its release. In sports, the Celtics fell to the Golden State Warriors 132 to 126 in overtime. Derek White led the season scoring with 30 points. Jalen Brown chipped in with 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Al Horford recorded a double-double after scoring 13 points and grabbing 12 rebounds. Tonight, the Celtics are visiting the Sacramento Kings. Kirill Kaprizov's second goal of the night lifted the Wild to a 43 overtime win over the Bruins at TD Garden. David Pasternak scored a pair of goals before the end of the first period. Brad Marchand scored on the power play to send the game into overtime. Boston will visit the Winnipeg Jets Friday night. And Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson was placed on the reserve non-football illness list on Tuesday. According to Jackson's agent, he is dealing with mental health issues. New England will face off against the Broncos Sunday night. Now let's take a look at your local forecast. Today will be sunny with high temperatures in the lower 40s. Tonight's skies will be mostly clear with lows in the upper 20s. And going into Thursday, we will see sunny skies again, highs in the mid-30s. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
you have a bad day if you're getting to hear the beautiful voice of Nina Pearson of the Cardigans. Uh, a very underrated band from the 90s. They, they, of course, are known for that song more than anything. It was actually on the Romeo plus Juliet soundtrack, the uh, Baz Luhrmann adaptation of Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Claire Danes. So that was, and that was a great soundtrack. Garbage's number one crush was on that. Uh, but that song has kind of come to define the Cardigans. People forget some of their other hits that they had. But uh, I will say that the band itself had a lot of great tracks that people just don't know about. And people don't realize this either about the Cardigans because they hear Nina's voice and they're like, oh, this is so sweet and innocent and airy. And But they started off as a Black Sabbath cover band. And they would actually put a Black Sabbath track on each one of their albums. So you can hear them do Iron Man. You can hear them do War Pigs. Um, very good. Very good stuff. So, And also, I used to have a challenge to anybody that came over my house when I would play SingStar on the PlayStation 3. Anybody that came over that wanted to challenge me in SingStar, I would say, you got to take me on in that song. Because I knew just where to... I didn't have to sing well. I just had to hit the notes in the right spots to, to win the game. And so I would do my falsetto on that song. And it, it usually came out pretty good. So anyway, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, we were talking just now about Mayor Michelle Wu, uh, the Boston mayor, having a ceremony, a press conference, whatever you want to call it, at 10 a.m. this morning, apologizing to the two suspects in the Charles Stewart, Carol Stewart murder and uh, and to the black community as well for something that happened now 34 years ago but uh, you know this HBO documentary has brought it back into the forefront so i i don't know how much this really does anything but it's uh, it's something that is long overdue So we can talk about that. We can talk more about the request for proposals for State Pier. We can talk more about the details about the deceased infant that was found at Fort Tabor and whatever else is on your mind. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Skitty. Um, You know, I remember seeing the movie for that. It was unbelievable when you got to see, like, how it really was done and, of course, the, the way he ended his life. But, um, yeah, I, I'm just curious. Like, why is she dredging? I mean, it should. I mean, if we could honor every murder that happened, I mean, you know, we would probably have 12 hours of, you know, memorials well, every but day. I, I think this is a little bit of a different case because this is these are two men who were targeted for this crime mm -hmm. when it was all based on a lie to begin with. And the fact right. that the police then went and, um, you know, kind of stormed their way through the black community and through Mission Hill uh, mm -hmm. based on this lie and, and didn't... Mm -hmm. The problem here is that they didn't really dig enough into the story. They took Charles Stewart at his word and never really made him a suspect. There were journalists who felt that something didn't add up right from the beginning, but the yeah. police weren't listening. No, no, yeah. They were very narrow-minded back then, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, why does she feel it's necessary 34 years later? Why? I mean, like what? I think because of the documentary. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, because now she feels like she has to address that because of the documentary. You're right. That's what I'm, I mean. If there was no documentary, she wouldn't be addressing it. But um, she's definitely kept her name uh, <laughs> very popular this past couple of weeks. Well, yeah, she certainly does like the headlines. So I'm sure that plays yeah. it plays a part in it, too. But I mean, this is something that should have been done a long time ago. This is something Mayor Flynn should have done. Yes. Back yeah, when it, when it first way. happened. Right. Is there any old footage? Do you know? Did he ever apologize? I, I can't remember because, you know, that I, there was just so much media. I can't even remember what. I know that there's anything. there's a clip in the documentary where they, they say, you know, did the mayor or did the chief of police come to talk to you and, and say sorry? And, uh, and, and Bennett's mother says... Uh, no, no, I haven't heard from anybody. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't happen after that. I'm sure, you know, that shows up on the evening news and then maybe one of them contacts them afterwards. But, you know, there was never, as, at least that I could tell, a formal declaration of apology uh, made to these men and to the community. And that's the other part of it, too. It's not just about these individuals. It's, it's about the, community the, the, way they melt, the way they made everybody that lived in Mission Hill feel because, you know, here they mm-hmm. are saying... We have murders that happen here all the time that the police don't even bother to show up and investigate. But all of a sudden, a white woman gets killed, and we've got the whole yeah. Boston Police Department down here. Right. Yeah. Um, so the one thing I did want to ask you, I don't, I don't know. Like I knew she was pregnant. He just didn't want, you know, the pregnancy and everything. But was he seeing somebody else? Because I, I never heard anything about that. Yeah. Like, why did he kill her? Just because he just, you know, a lot of men do murder their wives because they don't want a baby and they're involved no, it in was, the it was, it was, uh, you know, an insurance thing. He was trying to get the life insurance on her. Okay, so it was the life insurance. It wasn't any, like, other mistress that's or any a, other thing. No, that's as far as I've ever seen. I mean, I, you know, it, obviously yeah. it was something where... Uh, he had he had given it thought, so I'm sure that there were issues in their in their marriage, perhaps that people didn't know about. But it, you know, you remember the family talking about them at the time, uh, and you know he was supposedly this wonderful guy and treated her <laughs> yeah. like a queen and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we yeah. never really know what's going, but but you know what's going on behind the scenes. Oh, I know. It's always the ones that everybody says is so nice and this and that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of movies, I went to my brother's. And I had to download the Paramount Plus, and I didn't even bother to look into my phone afterwards. So uh, he's coming down Christmas Eve. We're gonna eat that prime rib together. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, so I, so I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch the finest kind. And then I open up the app, and the app is telling me to. Um, it needs an email and a password, and I'm like, you didn't download it the way it is because on the TV, I'm on his TV. So, um, yeah, you just got to enter in that information then. Just get that information from him and put it into your phone. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that he will call me back today and do that. But if not, then, um, but I do want to watch it with him anyway. So, I'll well, be you, you got to watch it by tomorrow because tomorrow morning we're going to have the writer and director on the show. Oh, no way. Brian Helgeland joining us at 8 30 tomorrow morning. Oh, no kidding. And uh, oh, no anybody that has any questions that they want me to ask them, they can send them via app chat or via email, Tim uh-huh. at WBSM.com or post them on Facebook and we'll we'll ask the questions during the interview. Oh, my God. If you had that on the first hour, the first hour, I actually woke up at 7 o'clock. I can't believe I woke up that late, but I was so tired coming back from Plymouth last night. I got in like around 10.30. Um, 
Okay, yes, no, I will actually make him get on it then and tell me what I need to do because I do want to watch it and I might have questions. You never know, right? Yeah, I, and I hope I, I hope we don't spoil anything for people that haven't seen it, but we'll we'll dance around it. I'm sure Brian's pretty good at yes. at uh, keeping things under wraps. So, so when it leaves Paramount Plus, will it go to live live um, live? Yeah, will it go to an AMC theaters or no? Nope, no, nope. from from nope. my understanding, it's a it's a Paramount Plus exclusive, so it'll just stay on Paramount Plus. They may they may release it as a. Um, as a DVD, they do that sometimes with some films, but I, I don't know anything about that formally happening. Oh, I can we, maybe I can ask him about, like, he's done a lot of great things. I mean, yeah. his mind, he's clever. I'd love to ask him about other stuff, too. But um, we'll see how much time there really is for all these, you know, questions and stuff with him. Oh, I'm so glad you told me that. Well, I'll wait, then. I will let you go. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you when I see the movie. I'll be calling in. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. And 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. I'm going to be taking a break here. Before I take that break, though, if you are looking, if you want to get a little bit closer to, um, you know, having the holiday meal of your dreams, why not have a delicious breakfast of your dreams, right? You're going to be picking out soon on all kinds of candy and cookies and banana breads and all that kind of stuff. So... Why not get yourself in a, a good breakfast before you get into all of that? Stop by Just Another Phoenix on Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth. They have all of your breakfast favorites and creative and innovative specials. And the best part about it is, is you're running around being busy today and getting all ready for the holidays. You can get their full menu through their drive through window. Makes it nice and easy so you don't even have to worry about getting out of the car. You can just pull right up, get your breakfast, and move on with your day. But if you've got some time to spend, it's a great place to hang out to, to uh, go with someone else and have some conversation over your breakfast or hang out and talk with the staff. They will treat you like family. They will make you feel like you are part of everything that goes on at Just Another Phoenix, and we'll be there next week. I'm going to be there broadcasting next Thursday uh, from 6 to 9, so you can stop on in, and I will have a microphone there in case you wanted to join me on air. And we will also, you know, of course, still take your phone calls, but we'll have uh, some delicious food and some good times there next Thursday. So check out Just Another Phoenix, Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth, and make sure you follow them on Facebook so that you can get all of their specials and all of the great things that are happening over there. I've got to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back in 508-996-0500. Just about 10 minutes remaining in the program before we will give way to Chris McCarthy and South Coast Now. He will have Mayor Mitchell later on this morning taking your phone calls. And I'm sure they'll talk more about the request for proposals for State Pier as well as some other issues as well. Uh, we here at WBSM, though, are looking to spread the holiday cheer by sharing out your holiday light displays. Once again, we are looking to light up the South Coast. Send us photos of your light displays, your lawn inflatables, and every other way you've decorated your yard and your home. 
You can send them to us by selecting Light Up South Coast on WBSM.com or on the WBSM app. And check out the gallery there of light displays to plan your trip to see them all. Light Up South Coast on WBSM is brought to you by Mac Electric. And, uh, of course, Mac Electric helping to make everybody's season brighter. Literally. Going back over to the app chat messages. Not bad in Oak Bluff says, good morning, Tim. I had just moved out of Roxbury when the Charles Stewart event happened, and my friends in Mission Hill went through hell. In fact, I was told to stay away and not come back to hang out. And and that's really, if you watch that documentary series, um, which is airing now on HBO, and it's available to stream on HBO's uh, Max streaming service and on On Demand, it is very disheartening to see the way that it affected that entire community. And that's kind of the forgotten part of this story. If you remember in the 90s, uh, and, and Sketty referenced it talking about the movie that had come out, when, when this case happened, there was a TV movie, I believe, on CBS. And I'll never forget the name of it. It was Good Night, Sweet Wife, A Murder in Boston. And that's because that line comes from Charles Stewart's suicide note. Was it a suicide note or was it... Uh, anyway, it was something he had written. Oh, he had wrote, written it to Carol. Good night, sweet wife, in, in his comments about her death. And so that is something that became kind of the, the grab them phrase. And they used that as the title of the movie. And it starred Ken Olin, who at the time was pretty popular because of the ABC show 30-something. And he played Charles Stewart. I don't remember who played Carol. I could probably look it up, but... And then if you remember, if you are a music fan and you were a fan of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, he had that song, Wild Side, and he had a verse about the Stuart murders. Also, the, the little girl, Tiffany, that was killed in Boston, you know, it was talked about real ripped-from-the-headlines type cases, but he had a, a, a verse about the Stuart case. I mean, it was, it was very prevalent in American culture at the time. Back in those days when they had made-for-TV movies about every true crime case within a month or so of them happening. The Pam Smart case, Lorena Bobbitt, all those things. But I just, I remember that being a big deal. Not just here in Boston, but across the country. And now it's all being dredged up again with this with this documentary series. All right, I'm going to take one final break here. Before I take that, though, remember, if you need to get your holiday meal together, the best place to go is the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford, because not only do they have great meats that you can get for your family to enjoy, but they have everything you'll need for your holiday parties, and including that beer and wine, and you can also have them do the work for you. Eric and the crew over there will prepare you meals. They will prepare you platters, whatever it is that you need. But you got to stop in and talk to them today. Get that order in as quick as possible to make sure that you can get it for Christmas, get it for New Year's, whatever it may be. But get everything that you need to celebrate by visiting the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. When you're there, they treat you like family. And nobody wants to see you have a better holiday party than the crew over at the butcher shop. So check them out, stop by, and just wish them happy holidays as well. All right, got to take my final break. We'll be right back. So 
boss had everything going for him. A top paying job, a good life, a good wife. A baby born the way any day. A gentleman attitude is all he displayed. Cal was the wife he loved and adored. Her family and friends treated him like an ambassador. One night on the other side of town, a police dispatcher picked up a weird sound. Charles on the car phone asking for help. Claiming a burglar shot his wife and himself. His pregnant wife lay slumped over. Her dreams corrupted, a young life over. Extensive searches throughout the projects put a lot of people through misery and wreck. Everyone a suspect till someone was found. Interrogated cause the skin was brown. Then there was Bennett, guilty until proven so. But soon as the case started moving slow, what do you know? Sure as the seagull gets webbed toed, Charles was the culprit. The whole plot was an insurance scam. Charles and his brother came up with a plan. Kill Carl, collect the big checks, blame it on a black man. What the heck? Just before the story was known, Charles had a film that his cover was blown. So he jumped off a bridge, committed suicide. This is how it is on the wild side. So a little bit of a simplistic breakdown of what happened in the Charles Stewart case. But that is uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. You know him now as just Mark Wahlberg. But in those days, he was Marky Mark. And by the way, the Funky Bunch comprised of kids of the members of Tavares. So. Hank Turgeon was in the Funky Bunch? That can't be true. <laughs> That's really true. Hank Turgeon was part of the Funky Bunch. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.